gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, Electricity here in Colombia, what has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd and Rivers Rice Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Colombia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. You're your host, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined the Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Owned and operated by Matt Vaughn. He is a Gamecock himself. And if you need anything in the sign world, car, business, home, whatever it may be, that is where you're going in West Columbia. They are the best of the best and they can do anything for anybody in the Palmetto State, you don't just have to be in the Midlands. Sinorama.com. Their phone number is 803-407-9284. Built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you're in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee, and soon another state in the South, if you live down there, they can help you out. But they are building... Home after home after home in a hurry. They're one of the U.S.'s best builders, and we are so proud to be partnered with both of them. We're proud to be partnered with Hale McGranahan as well. He'll be here in 15 minutes to fuss and discuss on the recruiting side of things. We only have a few days left before we all take a break for the 4th of July week. Friday will be our last day of the year. We hope that all of you celebrate America just like we all will next week. And then when we return, we'll be kicking it into high gear as we churn towards football season, JC and I had a conversation this morning, as a matter of fact, on the phone about some of what's next for us and how we will continue to ramp things up for all of you. We think you will like it soon. That's for sure. SEC Media Days is kind of the unofficial kickoff to, hey, we can't wait until football gets here. And might I remind everybody, guys, next week begins the last month without it. Because college football begins in August, not just practice, but games on the final weekend. JC and Phil, myself, JB, we're here until 1 o'clock. The college baseball season is officially over. LSU turned it around on the Gators pretty quickly, and it just goes to show you how amazing this sport is. You, you won't see Alabama beat Georgia by seven touchdowns, and then the next night Georgia beat Alabama by seven touchdowns. In football, that's just not the way it works. But in college baseball, 
it can work that way. And the Tigers were preseason number one. They finished the season ranked number one. So although they didn't they didn't stay there, they were the best team in college baseball. Uh, I thought Florida was the hottest team coming in, and those two ended up in the finals. And it was uh, it's a finals to remember because guys, the first game was outstanding. the The last two were more jaw dropping. Like I can't believe that I'm watching this. Right, the grandest stage of all. And I think last night Carl Ravage said on the broadcast it was the biggest baseball game in the world, and he was right about that. There was more people watching that than any other baseball game out there. What you did see, though, guys, in about two years was a bunch of dudes that are going to be in the big leagues, <laughs> including the top three draft picks. Uh, Paul Skeens did not end up getting in the game. No reason at all to throw him with the draft around the corner. But Wyatt Langford and um, – and Dylan Cruz and so many other guys that were in there. It was it was something to see. So hats off to LSU baseball. The 2023 college baseball season is closed. And I think once again, we all we all know what we already knew. The SEC. Mm, mm, mm. It is just something. How about LSU? Kim Mulkey wins a national championship. Brian Kelly's got the Tigers back in the mix in football. They win the West last year. And then last night, LSU baseball wins the national championship. Scott Woodward hired all those guys in the last couple of years. It's an incredible run on the Bayou. Yeah, big turnaround down there in LSU. Craigers right. Right now, it looks like they are the best program in the country right now. Oh, Top yeah. Bottom, athletic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree. They're, they're, dude, they're, they're AD. Uh, and I, 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 I got to be careful about this. Um uh, yeah, and I'm sorry for the type, and I, I've tried to put it on mute, uh, Austin. Um, and uh, I am doing a Q&A today on thebigspur.com for VIP members because Tony's on vacation. But, uh, you know, I have to be careful with this because I think around here the tendency is to get attached to the Mike McGee era and go, well, Mike McGee was great at hiring coaches, and he was. But yeah, he, was. he wasn't very good at anything else. Uh, everything from community relations to building facilities. Uh, rest his soul. He served a purpose. Eric Hyman was kind of the opposite. Um, <clears throat> he served a purpose and Ray serves a purpose. That's my take on the athletics directors at Carolina. And so I don't want everybody to get gone, uh, you know, because it's a Gamecock show. Don't, don't start applying this to Carolina because it does not apply. Um, the, the path to success around here is not going to be, you know, going and and making these huge name hires. Uh, now, I, I think if it ever got to the point in baseball again where there's an opening, I think you have to do it with that particular program. I think men's basketball, <clears throat> if it didn't work out with Paris down the line, uh, that could use something like that. I think football, maybe they figured out the way to go with Shane Beamer, um, you know, because uh, I think that sport's just different. But anyway, but Scott Woodward is an absolute assassin when it comes to <laughs> making big-time hires. That's his thing. Think about who he hired at Texas A&M. Um, and I don't know, guys, it did Schloss, was Schloss Nagle, was that his too? Was he still at A&M when he hired him to take over baseball? I don't think I'm not so. 100% on that. I think he'd already gone to LSU by then. But, you know, here, here who's who A&M hired uh, Jimbo Fisher to coach football. Uh, nobody thought that would happen. That's a power five to power five move, and, and those rarely happen uh, until – the off season of 2021 where a lot of folks made moves mm. uh, and, and, you know, now look, he paid him through the nose. It may not work out, 
but he still, I mean, you know, you go hire a sitting national championship winning coach from a program like Florida state, you're doing something. Ask how, ask Alabama and Auburn, how many millions they threw at old Bobby Bowden when he was at FSU, how hard it is to get people away from that program. Uh, And that's number one. So then number two, men's basketball comes up and boom, Buzz Williams. Not going to find many better coaches than Buzz on the planet. I mean, and he's a Texas guy, had a great ACC job at Virginia Tech, uh, but boom, went and got him. Their baseball search the the last time kind of went a little sideways uh, because, you know, they came after Sully uh, at Florida, who they just beat for the national title. They they had some other guys kind of in the mix, and they, they settled on Jay Johnson, kind of a steady-as-they-come guy out of Arizona, and boom, here you go. But, 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 and then with football, okay, Lincoln Riley allegedly turns them down and goes to Southern Cal. Uh, all right, well, we'll just go get Brian Kelly, you know, another big, big-name proven winner. Uh, he, he, that's kind of his doctrine, and then not to mention Kim Mulkey. Uh, you know, so you look at who always hired at A&M and LSU back at his alma mater, you know, this guy goes after the best, or, 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 or he puts a premium on pro- proven track records. And uh, I think there's something to be said for that, especially at a place like LSU where you have all the resources. And uh, if you look at their football program through the years, uh, how to say this without being – okay, so they had a lot of incompetent coaches from Bill Arnsbarger to Mike Archer uh, to Curly Hallman to Jerry DiNardo. Um, a lot of guys that just weren't cut out for the job. So then they hired Saban. That obviously worked. All right, Les Miles comes in. He, 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 you know, I, I don't know that any – Les was a, a good coach, probably not a great one, but because of what Saban kind of laid down for him, he was able to win a national championship before he eventually petered out. And then Coach O, he, 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 he won a national title, but you saw what happened after that. Um, Your chances of doing it, that way uh, and having underachievement diminish when you hire guys that are used to winning and you hand them the resources that you have at LSU and gals in Kim Mulkey's case. And so I, I think that works. And I think he deserves, you know, a lot of times athletic writers are overrated because coaches tend to go uh, path. They, they consider path of least resistance. They, they consider, you know, they're the ones that decide what are the good jobs or not. The coaches, not the ads. But that credit this guy. I think this is one special circumstance where an ad has made a big impact and a difference uh, in terms of who he's gotten in there. Because you just don't, you're not going to see the inconsistency with Jay Johnson. You're going to see it with Kim Mulkey. You're not going to see it with Brian Kelly, um, Matt McMahon. They're hiring basketball. I I thought that. You know, they were kind of behind the eight ball with that because their entire roster left and. You know, he didn't have such a great first year, but, you know, he's won a bunch at Murray State, so we'll see what happens with him. So, you know, hats off to them. I'm not an LSU hater. Uh, I I don't know that if Carolina had played them every year since I was a kid that I wouldn't dislike them a little bit just because it's probably get tired of gold tigers all the time. But uh, they're a good bunch of fans and a great bunch of baseball fans. And so uh, hats off to them for winning. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, the AD down there making those hires he's made recently, uh, he, he deserves some credit uh, for doing that, you know. And uh, 
People give Brian Kelly crap all the time. Uh, maybe he'll win the national, win his national title this year. Uh, Cause certainly in 2024, when they come to Columbia, you don't want them rolling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, uh, but you know, Brian Kelly gets crap, but uh, it's ridiculous because all the guys out there, I mean, you know, think of Lane Kiffin born on third base, thought he had a triple, you know, uh, kind of born into it. You know, think of some of these other guys that's right place, right time. Uh, hitched their guy, wagons to the right guy. Brian Kelly was at Grand Valley State 10 years. All right. He moves on to uh, to uh, Central Michigan. Right. Okay. Goes from Central Michigan. Of life following around the whole time because Brian goes to Cincinnati, Butch gets Central Michigan job. Then he wins at Cincinnati, and then he goes to uh, Notre Dame, and Butch gets a Cincinnati job. <laughs> uh, and, and, and he goes to Notre Dame where, um, oh, I don't know, he's won more football games than any other coach in the history of Notre Dame football, the great and mighty Notre Dame football, okay? And now he goes to LSU, so people were crapping on the hire uh, and his fake accent and his disco videos, but, but that's a winner. He's a winner, and he's paid his dues, so – um, yeah, hats off to LSU. Uh, I told Whittle this, so I, I don't feel bad telling the audience and, and you guys. You here, here's something crazy. Game one happens, right? Great game. Fiance and I watched. It. I had a dream. Florida was beating LSU twenty-two to two in baseball that night. The next day, Florida wins twenty-four to four. I think there's something wrong with me, or I've. Well, we knew that. That's I mean goes without saying. It didn't take a dream to there's a that portal out. to another dimension. Like yeah, I mean it's like there's a portal to another dimension or something <laughs> that I've opened or something. But because uh, I was like, that's weird. And then I looked at the final score. I'm like, you gotta be pooping me here. <laughs> and so uh uh and what a weird uh weird series. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm not gonna say who, but one of the Gamecock baseball players literally told Whittle, ah, Florida ran out of runs. Yeah, well, I mean, they did. you know, he <laughs> with some sense actually believes my theory. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't, buy I don't buy it. I don't buy any of that. Phil, 50 runs. 50, 50 I know. 50 combined in games two and three. That's nice. You talk about – this This will be forgotten because it's not like college football and there's not as many nut jobs out there like I am over college baseball. But somebody someday down the road is going to look back and go, oh, my God, there was 50 runs scored in games two and three in the national championship? What? And it was not against slouch pitching or anything. I mean, you know, that's the other thing is, like, these offensive explosions happened against some of the top arms in the country. Absolutely. (laughs) I I found the conversation last night interesting, too, when they were talking about Jack Caglione. Um, because I'm a huge believer in the things that Chris Burke and Kyle Peterson have to say. They have brilliant baseball minds, and they they see all the little things. And they they uh, Peterson and Berkey kind of were in agreement that they thought that Caglione, when he gets to the next level, is probably going to be more of a a pitcher because he can hump it up there close to a hundred um, from the left side. I don't know about that. I just don't know. I keep thinking of dreams are having like Otani or teens are having Otani dreams with Caglione. I don't know if he's got it top to bottom like that. I, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see another, you know, you know, pitcher slash hitter into the league. I think that would be neat if we start seeing more and more of that, but 
You got big uh, shoes to fill because <laughs> well, you've got. The, I don't know if you're Otani yet, there, Caglia. <laughs> no, yeah, and the kid, yeah. the kid that played for Mac at Louisville too. I, yep. I, so, I the the changes in the big leagues have kind of affected this kid, if you think about it, because I mean they have and they have they have in one way, I guess, in the other way, he could he could still he can hit every day. Of course, he could do that then too. But like, had he gotten drafted to a National League team. You know, he could have been the pitcher who who hit every fifth day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, now that the DH is widespread, it's I don't know. It's it's just an interesting thing to think about. But it's hard to believe that the college baseball season is uh, has come to a close. But it's not shocking that those two are the ones that wrapped it up. I still cannot believe there were fifty combined runs uh, scored. But it was that's wow, wow. I mean, I just I don't even know what else to say about that. That's and when you add Saturday, you're talking about 57, so 19, an average of 19 runs per game combined between the two best teams in college baseball. And well, the SEC like one was scripted, right? You figure, okay, we're, we've got a classic pitchers duel, right? I mean, it's yeah. just that's exactly what it went down to. You know, the typical, you know, old school <laughs> attrition yeah. game, and then it's like they just busted out of that and said, you know what? Ah, throw caution to the wind. <laughs> yeah, I know. No more baseball, baseball. <laughs> I, it, it it just it was yeah it was it was it was shocking. It was shocking, and I and I'll tell you this too. And and again, here's something else. You just won't see it. You won't you won't see this. Like you talk about how great the SEC is in football. There's no question. Best best league in the country, right? Big Ten's right there. You talk about how great the the ACC historically has been in basketball. The SEC, I think, was better this past year. The Big Twelve outstanding leagues and this and the other there's nothing like this though the last four national championships and five out of the last six national championships not only have come from one league they have come from all different programs you're not going to see that in football like you you're not going to see different teams no you're not going to see it doesn't matter what the league is you're not going to see in basketball either in baseball lsu ole miss mississippi state and vanderbilt are your last four national champions and then you had Oregon State, and then you had Florida. So you've had five different teams, five, three from the West, two from the East, that have won the national championship in the last six full seasons. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's not, yeah, not that many in football, but it's been close. I mean, 06, Florida won it. 07, LSU won it. 08, Florida won it. 09, Bama. 2010, Auburn won it. 11 was Bama. 12 was Bama. Then we skipped a couple of years, and then Bama, and and then Georgia and LSU broke through later in the decade. So, yeah, okay, that's, nothing. That's nothing, a good run. Well, well, that's a good run, yeah. But it's nothing like baseball, where it's been five straight years in five different schools. I mean, yeah. you, you've got you've had you had, you had a lot of years in football, and they were Bama for the class of the league. I mean, we could have sat here and debated at different points, you know. Early on, we could have probably thrown Kentucky into the debate about uh, if they were the best team in the league. Carolina, at some point, was probably considered the best team in the league. Uh, Auburn was on a tear there for a while. I think everybody always kind of knew that LSU was, you know, start to finish. You know, LSU stopped to finish top team in the country. Tennessee had a ton of talent. They were really good toward the end. Um, You know, so it, 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 some of those football years, you know, it was just Alabama. It was almost boring until they played somebody that was at least on their level. And many years they did not. So well, I, I'm and, with and, you and, there, and JB. 
And in addition to that, JC, and I know we got to go because Hale's waiting, but like in addition to that, if you think about it, going into the 2023 football season, when you talk about the SEC, all right, who can be in the playoff this year? There's two names, and then if you want to mention a third, it's LSU. Are y'all really going past that? Because I sure as hell ain't. So you're talking about Georgia, you're talking about Alabama, and you're talking about LSU. Those are the three teams, as it stands today, that you go, okay, they could be in the college football playoff and have a chance to win the national championship. In college baseball, you just mentioned it. There were six, seven, eight teams. You could probably even stretch it to nine by saying if they get hot at the right time, they can win it all. And we saw half of those teams in the field. Carolina didn't make it because they had to play Florida. Kentucky got knocked out because they had to play LSU. You know, so, I mean, it, it's it, it's ludicrous. And we mentioned the five. If you go back just a couple of years prior, a few years prior to that, you include six, obviously, because South Carolina's won two. So, I mean, it's, it's nuts. I mean, this league is – and. It, it's, I mean, I don't, you don't even know how to describe it. And, and people get so amped up and like the, the, the folks that are still, and I get it. You want to see Carolina and Omaha. I tell you right now, just by watching the college world series, my personal opinion, Carolina is one of the best eight teams in the country, but they didn't get mm-hmm. there because they had to play Florida, you know? So, I mean, it is what it is, but it's like, well, they didn't get there. They didn't get there. They, you know, it wasn't that good yet. Now nah, they were, they were, they were, they were that good. Uh, so. Wow. Uh, this league is a I mean, grind, look, Kings has, a grind. Kings has been to the Supers twice, and uh, both times he's lost to the national runner-up on their home field. Yeah, so, it's true. Found and, it interesting uh, last night, 5-2, by the way, the seeding. South Carolina, when they beat yeah. Florida in 2011, five-seed. Florida, two-seed. So it happened again uh, ah. to the Gators. Well, yeah, no, and, and look, I'm also, I'll say this, too. I think, um, I think we need to get to hell. I'm going to hold that thought. Sorry. Okay, we'll do that. All right, we'll hit a uh, – yeah, sorry, Hale. Uh, we'll hit a uh, quick timeout. This won't take long. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. If you live in South Carolina, or actually if you live anywhere and you're visiting South Carolina and you want the coolest thing on the roadways, go to that website and you'll see what Michelle and her her team have to offer, electricbikescharleston.com. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, 
all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Show first hour of the show is presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And we're joined on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Hail Yes, Hail McGranahan. Hail coming off this big official visit weekend. Got a welcome home in for a linebacker who revealed himself this week. Still building momentum, though. Everything feel good in the Dylan Stewart category. He's much, much talked about recruit here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a safety. He, he's, he's a linebacker on 24-7, but he'll play safety yeah, slash nickel for, mm-hmm. for the Gamecocks, which I guess in some ways if you're playing nickel, uh, you, you kind of are a linebacker sometimes. So, uh <laughs> Whatever, whatever label you want to throw on him, he's he's a he's a headhunter. But yeah, Dylan Stewart, the the big fish. Uh, it seems like folks are still confident, uh, relatively speaking, in South Carolina's chances to get him. Uh, obviously, got some some heavy hitters that you're going up against in in Georgia and Ohio State, and Miami's in the mix, and and I guess you could say Maryland's there too to some degree. But uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks to see how how things shake out with with some of these other guys who, who are also in town. Hale, yesterday JC uh, was mentioned this, and he had to pop off. Phil and I kind of continued the conversation, but you're in the thick of it, covering these guys, and have been for quite some time. And I certainly wanted to get your thoughts and um, and comments. So, pertaining to recruiting for South Carolina, there. They're going to miss on big fish because they're in the pond with the big fish now. And they've been recruiting guys. I think you could go back a number of years, even under Coach Spurrier, uh, probably under Coach Muschamp and beyond that. And and look around. They always they always had guys. There's always a big name or two or three or whatever it is that were certainly in the mix. But they they have been in the mix for a lot of big name guys. And just like every other program in the country, when you're, when you're going after the big guys, you're, you're going to miss on some of them. You're also going to hit on some, which they have done. 
can you compare and contrast how you've seen the competition stiffen for South Carolina under Shane Beamer, whom they're recruiting against versus whom they were recruiting against in years past? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I'd say it's, it's stiffened. Um, you know, Georgia's obviously won the last two national championships, so that's a different type of animal that they're going up against when, when they have to battle that particular team for recruits. But, you know, a few years before this run Georgia was on, you know, Clemson was sort of that upper echelon, not that they still aren't. Um, so I, I guess maybe you could say, yeah, since both those teams are – are now like firmly in the mix as, as you know, players on the national stage year in and year out. Maybe that has made things a little more challenging. Um, but yeah, yeah, there, there's competition. If, if you're going to try to sign the best players in the country, then, then there are going to be a lot of people that, that you're going up against to try to get them. So uh, I, I don't want to sit here and try to minimize what what's going on right now with, with Georgia a couple hours down the road and, and all that, but it, I mean, it's it's been been pretty tough, tough sledding. Um, I guess probably since South Carolina joined the SEC and, and started trying to to go toe to toe with some of the folks in this league. So it's it's always going to be a challenge, man. Like whether it's you know Georgia or you know Clemson getting back to playing for the championship game and, and having to deal with that, or you know whoever else in, in the league, or you know, what say Florida gets back back to where they once were under Steve Spurrier or Tennessee. Like that, those challenges are always going to be there. Uh, it's just, you know, maybe the logos are different. It, it, it's always going to be tough though. Has this is for you, JC, y'all, y'all can go back and forth on this. Now that you can visit an unlimited amount of times officially, has that helped South Carolina? Has it maybe have you, have y'all either one of y'all learned of a prospect who maybe under the old rule of five wouldn't have visited here, but because you can go out on visits, decided to drop in and maybe that puts South Carolina in the mix, whereas rules in the past, that wouldn't have been the case. Jamie, I think that's probably to be determined. In other words, if if you have a kid that maybe tried to squeeze five in in June and then something happens and, he's not really satisfied with any of the five and he still has an official and, and like say the game pass, get him on campus or whatever. Uh, I think it's more of, of something that keeps the door, the, the door ajar uh, at this stage. And, and so it's probably to be determined. Um, I didn't think that was a, a rule that, I mean, I didn't think it was necessary. Uh, I, I very few players use five official visits as it is. I, I, I just, I think that was the NCAA probably, I don't know. I, 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 honest to God, I really don't know what the hell they were doing, but um, you know, Hale, have you, have you seen anything like that? Is that, uh, is that probably the right take? I, I'm sort of with you on what you just said, JC. And, and the thing folks need to keep in mind as it pertains to that particular rule is the schools still are capped on the number of guys they can bring in. I, I think the number's like 53 or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Somewhere Somebody in that area. Officially, officially, right? Correct, yeah. So okay. they're not they're not allowed to bring in an unlimited number of guys now. Now, if if that was the case, then we'd see uh, a drastic difference. But the way it stands right now, 
no, there there hadn't really that hadn't really affected much, and and the rule hasn't gone into effect yet. It, it doesn't start until I guess July first, technically. Mm. Um, so yeah, like like JC was saying, maybe down the road if if there's a guy who's taken all five official visits and maybe he's committed to a school and and decides that he wants to open things up or you know there's a change in, in the coaching staff and whatever, like then maybe it'll benefit a guy like that down the road. But I think a lot of schools also will be like, all right, well, you know, we've got this guy who, you know, we've been recruiting him a little bit and he's already taken five official visits. Now all of a sudden he's talking about wanting to come here for an official visit. Like, is he really interested in us or is he just trying to have a good time uh, and, and catch a football game this weekend? Like, so that's, I, that's a good I, – I feel like winning is where this is going to help, right? Like if you've got a guy – Let's just say Dylan Stewart, for instance, but clearly this doesn't matter because he's taking an OV. But you got a guy like Dylan Stewart who's not from the area, and he takes his five in the summer, and a team like the Gamecocks, they open up, they beat North Carolina, they beat Furman, they go on the road. Oh, bam, they upset Georgia, and they're sitting here three and oh. I feel like that's where you're going to get a guy who's like, well, I've taken my five, but it doesn't matter. I can take a sixth, and this team's – we've been kind of watching them, but they were fringe – so maybe we should go look at him. Is that a more likely scenario with how the rule is changing? Uh, potentially, that seems like a plausible scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I I I just curious. You know, it's it, you talk to some of these guys. You know, I just didn't know if some of them are like you know not guys who have been on campus, but guys who may be on campus in the future. If they're like, I wasn't really interested, but now I can go as many visits as I want to. So I'm coming for whatever the case is. All right, so um, there's a you, you've put out a bunch of updates in the last I don't know what 30, 48 hours or so. Uh, the weekend that was it was a big official visit weekend. I know people are always anxious to get the welcome home signs and the the Batman stuff and all the crazy things that go on. But uh, coming out of the weekend, did it pan out the way that South Carolina thought it would? Was it better collectively than they thought it would be? What do you think? Uh, I think it went as well as they could have imagined. I mean, when, when you have four non-committed guys coming in, I mean, there, there's obviously just volume-wise not a lot of opportunities for that stuff to happen. And and when you consider that that some of these guys are are you know have have said publicly that that they're going to make a decision, you know, in July on whatever date or you know before the end of summer, or what have you. Um, I, I wasn't sitting here thinking like, oh, you know, all four of these guys, it's possible they commit before the end of the weekend. But I, you know, I was with it with y'all last week and, and said that I thought it was possible that they could eventually uh, commit to Carolina and, and still feel pretty good about that being a possibility. Uh, whether it happens or not, we'll see. But I, I think they certainly made progress with with Daniel Hill and and staying in that fight. I mean, they're they're going to have to beat Alabama for them, and, and Alabama's usually pretty good about getting who they want, especially at a position like running back. Um, obviously, David Busey's already in the boat. Dylan Stewart talked about him already. And, and Jonathan Paylor, they've they've been the leader for him for quite some time now. And uh, So, yeah, I, I think things went very well with those guys, and, and from from what I understand, uh, they're, they're still confident in, in being able to, to eventually end up with all four of them. JC. Hill with Daniel Hill. 
how important is it going to be to convince some members of his inner circle that South Carolina is the way, the place to be? I think that'll probably be an important thing. I, I don't know that I could sit here and quantify that, but, uh, you know, he's from like an hour and 15 hour, hour and 15 minutes from Tuscaloosa, Meridian, Mississippi. And he's been, mm. been on Alabama's campus a lot, like 10 times or so, I think. So you factor those things in and add in the, it is Bama after all, like that stuff kind of adds up. And, and, uh, I think it, if you're a parent, of a kid who's got an opportunity, like a legit opportunity to go play at Alabama. Like I would think most, most of anyone who's sitting here listening to me say this would be like, yeah, I want my kid to play for Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time at the program that's on the best run in all of college football history. Like you'd be dumb as a parent to not want your kid to closely consider that as an option. And I know as Carolina fans listening to me say this are like, dude, shut up. But like, <laughs> let's be real here, y'all. Like if you're if your son could go play for Nick Saban at Alabama, you would probably be pretty excited about that as a possibility for your son. So yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, so so if he doesn't come to South Carolina where do the Gamecocks look for a running back? That's uh, I like Fuller. Uh, I think Fuller's really good. I've, I've said that on the show, but I mean, that's like three for 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 Hardesty since he's been here. If you include guys that have left the program early, I think he he'll, he's like two for seventeen, something like that. I mean, that's uh, that's not a good number, but I, I, I'm not getting into like his job situation or anything, but. Uh, Obviously, no matter who's coaching the running backs, and no matter what's happening with the staff, they have to they have to do better at recruiting this position. Um, you know, you, you kind of were, were hopeful they would get a guy out of the portal. They didn't. Um, so I know Braylon Russell's out there, but I don't have a lot of faith a kid from Arkansas is going to come to Carolina um, yeah. with other offers, but. Uh, so, so where do they go? What do they do? I mean, I, you can't wait till 2026 for the kid from Broome, um, you know, becomes a, a prospect. I, I think he's probably the next elite back out of the state, but uh, or like elite, elite, like Derek Watson, Demetrius Summers, Lattimore type, type, type uh, recruit. But uh, so what? So what do they do? Yeah, and and for for 76 Gamecock, who's going into uh, convulsions right now over what I just said, like, I'm not sitting here saying that, that he, Daniel Hill is going to Alabama. Like, I, I was just answering JC's question uh, about, you know, his family maybe wanting him to to look at Alabama closely. I don't know. Uh, I do know this, that, like, if if they do miss on Daniel Hill, anybody who, like, wants to, you know, start calling for Montario Hardesty's job again, like, he would have lost a running back to Alabama, like you know, of, of all the all the Brown transgressions Alabama. that that a, a college football coach can commit. That should be at like the bottom of the list by not beating Alabama in a recruiting battle. But anyway, Braylon Russell is you know obviously a guy who, who's been on campus as an official visitor. I mean, he's from Arkansas, and and you know I, 
I know he's been committed there, and it, it's generally speaking, it, it's hard to see a guy recommitting to a school because it doesn't happen all the time. But um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. He he's also considering Tennessee, and Tennessee seems to be doing a really good job of of getting getting recruits they want. So may, maybe he ends up there with Peyton Lewis, another guy that South Carolina really wanted. Um, so you know, I, I don't know if there's any anybody else that's like next in line. In the 2024 cycle, I mean, they've got an offer to to that Tate Titshaw kid from from Georgia, but I, I don't know that they'd be ready to to take to take him. Casey stops. Uh, I, so, I really wish they would. Maybe maybe they could, you know, keep an eye on some guys and see what happens down the road. Um, you know, you you mentioned your guy Jalen McGill from from Broom, JC. The, the 2025 class in state has has a lot of really good running backs, and and a couple of them. Might be on the you know the smaller side. Uh, need to gain a little bit of weight, um, but th- there's actually some some good prospects at that position in the state. Uh, you know, in, in other classes. So I, I know 2024 is obviously the the one that that means the most. But um, you know, down the road there there's some some reasons for optimism at that position. But again, as far as this this cycle goes, I, I don't know. They they'd probably have to just circle back and, and see what happens down the road with whether it's, you know, some of these guys they've already been recruiting or, 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 or some, some new names that could maybe emerge, uh, you know, as we get into the fall and guys start having good senior seasons or guys start decommitting or, or you know, the coaching carousel changes things. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say the portal is all, always an option because uh, I think some folks are probably still uh, – kind of pissed off about how things went with running back recruiting from the portal this year. So, uh, mm-hmm. so they, 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 they really need to get Daniel Hill, uh, or, or Braylon Russell, I guess, even though he's much less likely, um, Dan, Daniel Hill's like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say the most important recruit for this class because of Dylan Stewart's out there, but, uh, he's damn close. It'd be a tough one to lose. Jonathan Paylor, uh, looks good for the Gamecocks right now. You put a crystal ball in after the, the picture or after the, the visit for the missile. Uh, your thoughts on the missile. Um, he looks, uh, I know uh, Steve Wolfong put in a, a crystal ball for him too for the Gamecocks. Uh, and, and he's one of the two along with Hill that's been pretty much public about the Gamecocks being his leader the entire time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is 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 the missile Paylor's nickname? I, that's the first I've heard of that one. I, I don't I don't know about that, but yeah, thanks. I may have made, made that up, but but I did have a dream uh, the night before LSU, <laughs> Florida beat LSU twenty four to four. That he that also stayed at Holiday Inn Express twenty two to two. So maybe maybe I just kind of uh, I don't know. I think I I read it every so time. It's he not it should be. <laughs> Yeah, tonight is bingo night, by the way. <laughs> Somebody called this one. We got vacation this way. We we're probably going to skip bingo. But, yeah, so the missile. We're just going to call him the missile. Yeah, hey, uh, I mean. I'm riding or dying with it. What's the timeline for him? When's he planning to commit? In, uh, in about a month, in the next month. He, okay. he uh, I don't know that he's committed to a date yet. I, I think he told Phil Cornblut July 28th, but. I don't know that that's totally set in stone, but it'll be somewhere, somewhere close to that day, if if not 
that actual date. So end, end of July for him. And yeah, I put in the, the crystal ball on Sunday and probably should have done it about two months earlier. Um, okay. So, so yeah, feeling, feeling like Carolina's in a good spot for him. Any, um, any think, yeah, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go I ahead. ask about it because no, nobody's talking about this guy. And I got some pretty decent intel on another day that I'm going to put on the board here in a little bit, but uh, good Scottish name, Liam Andrews. Yeah, uh, that's what thoughts. I was about to ask about myself. Yeah. Oh, Liam, Liam Andrews. Andrews. Let's ask yeah. Hill my grandson about Liam is there Andrews. Any update on that? On Liam Andrews? No, J- if J- JC, if you got the intel, throw it on the board and, and uh, I'm just going to play I don't coy here. I, I think the Gamecocks feel like they're in good shape. I think, I think it's a matter of. Uh, well, like, like you'll, you'll see the gif from Caddy. We're waiting, you know, that one. Maybe it's Caddy Shack, too. Is it Caddy Shack? Uh, but he'll be he'll a defensive but, tackle, um, though, correct? Carol correct. Will. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Now our people have him as an interior offensive lineman. And I don't, I don't, I'm not faulting them for that because he's a guy that's. It's kind of built like Nick Gargiulo, uh, but when you look at Nick Gargiulo, Nick Gargiulo could be a defensive tackle if you just kind of eyeball on him. Um, but I really like him as a down pass rusher, maybe even a big end. I mean, he's really quick. He's one of those aggressive dudes, like that you you watch you're, you're watching the Packers on Sunday or something, and this like Hard Rock Harry looking guy with long hair looks like a you know, like a member of Guns and Roses, like Matt Sorum from Guns and Roses comes off the edge and just obliterates the quarterback. That kind of mean defensive end type guy. That's who he kind of reminds me of. But uh, uh, I can probably reject him on defense, not just because Carolina's recruiting there, but just, I think I think he's a little more rare at, at D, D line than the no line. But I don't know your thoughts, Hale, on 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 him. Um, as far as uh, the O-line, D-line debate. Yeah, sort of sort of reminds me a little bit of, of a guy who played at Clemson and has been in the NFL for a while, DJ Reader. Um, yep. Not as big as DJ Reader because Reader was like 320. I was about to say, um, G- DJ Reader was a Stay Puff Marshmallow man, but he, he could play big, baseball. He was a big old, big old fella, <laughs> but he was – I, I make the comparison because he was, you know – classified as an offensive line recruit uh, on, on online. And, and I think a lot of schools were recruiting him as an offensive lineman, but the Clemson signed him as a defensive lineman and he turned out to be really, really good. So um, I guess maybe, maybe a little bit of a stretch and that's really all they have in common because they're different height, height, weight, and, and, you know, interior defensive line positions for that matter. Cause readers more of a nose, whereas like you're talking about with, with Andrews could, could end up yeah. being a guy who plays like and you know and end in some types of packages but uh but yeah obviously with with all the guys that have been committing elsewhere defensive tackle um they, they they need to get somebody for sure um i saw somebody in the chat ask about Camarion franklin and and there really hadn't been a lot a lot going on as far as south carolina is concerned with Camarion franklin for for a while now i mean he visited um I guess during spring practice, and, and that was about about the gist of it. He came in for a couple of days, and uh, I think that was about it. So uh, that's where things are with Marion Franklin. He's 
put out a top five not long ago and Carolina wasn't in it. Now, look, I said earlier, nobody takes all five visits, but this kid I'm about to ask you about may take 10. So he seems to like generally love every school. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to Carolina, but King Joseph Edwards, you know, your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> King Joseph Edwards showed up to a, an Under Armour camp and and did did well, you know. Rush did did drills and shorts and a t-shirt and looked good. That's great. Watch his highlights, y'all. He doesn't. Do, he. I don't want to say he doesn't do anything, but like when your highlights, half your highlights are just you like getting off the ball on a snap and like that's it. Like there's not a lot going on there. Like he he does a good job of of uh, selling himself online. And, and I mean, he looks apart. He's he's a freak athlete, and there you know, there's there's some talent there. But like, I, I like to see football players actually playing football and making football plays. Like, that's kind of an important mm-hmm. part of the deal, in my opinion. And not really a guy that that I, I don't, I don't think South Carolina has been all that involved with him either, frankly. And and yeah, Gamecock fans a, are there. I mean, but he's a. He's all over the place, you know. With, with all the well, he, you know, he he responds to people on Twitter, and and I think that gets some people. Well, of course, you know, get about that's what that's what matters these days. All right, I've got kind of a big picture uh, question here. So let, let's just say that it's all I, they have thirteen, I think, committed right now. So let's say that um, things really start working out for Carolina soon, and and best case scenario unfolds: Liam Andrews, Daniel Hill. I know they feel really good about Paler. Uh, Dylan Stewart. That gets them to 17. How many are they signing in this class, and, and where are they going for to, to fill out the rest of it? Uh, that's a lot of questions. Uh, I don't know how many they're going to sign because they can sign as many as they want as long as they stay within the 85. But, right. But generally uh, they're in the mid-20s. Generally. Yeah, it's probably going to be around 25, give or take. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the receiver positions obviously – going to be addressed. They need a few guys to go in, a, in addition to Mazio Bennett because they're losing several off this current roster. Um, you know, running back, they want to take two. They got their quarterback. They got one tight end committed. They could take another. Uh, offensive line, they've got three committed. They'd be fine with the three because they're really good. Um, defensive end, you know, I, I would think two to three defensive ends. Tackle. You always want to take a couple of those defensive tackles. They got two inside linebackers and Wendell Gregory and, and Fred Johnson. Cornerback, uh, probably two more of those. And, you know, a few safeties or guys who can play nickel and they got two of those committed and obviously a cornerback committed. So however that math adds up, I think the bet, the, the easy way to look at, oh, and they've got a punter too. So I, what the, the simplest way to look at it, in my opinion, is like, there are 11 positions on a field at once. You have obviously guys who come in and out and, and play in different spots, depending on, you know, the type of uh, you know, defense they need to put on the field, or if they want to play more than one tight end or, you know, four receivers, what have you. Um, so I, I think just generally speaking, um, it, you, you can look at a, around 25 uh, with, with this no cap on, on, uh, a, a class class number, so I, I would I would think somewhere in there, and 
And, uh, and yeah, it's like there's some critical positions that need to be addressed. Like again, the defensive line spots need a, need a running back and need a couple more receivers uh, as well. So those are kind of the big areas uh, that, that need to be addressed still. And there's one, there's one who's, we've got one committed prospect that is not officially announced yet. That's right. One. Or am I missing somebody? Yeah, there's one. There's, there's been one. one welcome home tweet from Shane Beamer that has not been uh, answered with a, an announcement, I guess. Right. So we're waiting on him to go public. But um, mm-hmm. they feel pretty good about the receiver position. We do understand that. They feel pretty good about the guys they'll be bringing in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they obviously love Mazio Bennett. Um, you know, again, we've talked about Jonathan Taylor a lot. Uh, Keelan Adams is, you know, kind of – yeah. Came in out of nowhere in like May or April, whenever that was, when when he showed up for a visit and pet out a top four or five, whatever it was, before he left, and then came in first weekend in June, canceled an official visit to I guess it was Pittsburgh, um, and then hung out with with Dante Reno and Mazio for a couple of days and worked out and and all that stuff. So, so yeah. He, he's he's another one's up there. They they obviously have been involved with Parker Livingstone, but like we've talked about, Texas. Uh, I'm wearing my Texas colored shirt for Parker Livingstone today. I guess uh, oh, Texas to nice. be the 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 front runner for him. So uh, that's that's where they are, kind of uh, you know, real quick with with the receiver position. Well, Hale, maybe you get a little bit of a break now with the official visits being over. Do you have any vacations planned? Where are you going? Oh yeah, I got some stuff in the works. Going, gonna be hitting some beaches, seeing some music. Uh, not oh. looking at my phone. What type of beaches? Yeah. What type of music? Like the, best, dog or? the best beaches and 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 fish. Yeah, there's there's one of them. Yeah. So <laughs> that's sweet. Fish. Hale's got great taste in music, man. Hale's. Uh, You're talking about fish with Hale, pH. Yeah, when Hale that's goes to a yeah, concert, I, yeah, I like the regular F. Yeah. It's a damn concert. I'll tell you that right now. When hell goes to a concert, it's a concert. So. That's good. Uh, All right, well, brother. Hey, man. Uh, happy 4th of July. And uh, we hope you have a, a, a wonderful week away from us, certainly. But um, but uh, enjoy fish and whatever beach you end up on. Well, you know, I've still got a couple weeks before all that stuff happens. So, oh, okay. Um, well, we'll so, yeah. Or, unfortunately, y'all are stuck with me and the folks on the big spur can, can harass me about uh, oh, dropping, dropping balls and stuff like, like Phil drop uh, your nuts. Like seems to nuts. Yes. Cam drop Smith, your, baby. Yeah. Drop Cam your, Smith. Drop. Well, when we do get you back, uh, we'll kind of start to turn our attention, you know, to football. Uh, like we'll put some of the recruiting stuff on the back. Oh, and let's, let's, you know. y'all, y'all are talking about LSU and, and all their great things. I've, I've, already gone on the record uh, on the big spur.com that, that that's going to be the national championship national champion of football this year. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's LSU. great. So Brian God. Kelly will finally win it. Mm-hmm. He's going to get him one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won it at grand Valley with SD two. So yeah. Yeah. The curse <laughs> of Notre Dame, the curse of Notre Dame, I guess. Well, the university of Notre Dame is not cursed <laughs> JB. Uh, yeah. Well, Hale, uh, go out, do us a favor, and uh, and publicly tweet at Daniel Hill and tell him how much Gamecock Nation loves him and wants him home. Okay, I'll I'll leave that for for the people who who think King Joseph Edwards is top top priority for the Gamecocks. Uh, that's right. You got that right. 
Hey, man, happy fourth. Thanks so much. All right, boys. See y'all. There you go. Hailman Granahan. Hail, yeah, is what they say. Or uh, Owen. Ah, uh, we forgot to get Jack says, uh, ask about Keelan Adams. I know that uh, uh, Rivals put a crystal, bar, a crystal ball pick in for him to Virginia Tech. I don't think that's going to – I have reason to believe that will not take place. That, that that is inaccurate, or that is a a wrong prediction. I have reason. Um, I have reason to believe that you're right. <laughs> all right. So Austin's mad at me a little bit. Uh, I said. I guess I said something controversial on the Big Spur today about Nick and War Aid Daylight Film War. Nothing that I haven't said here. Uh, I simply made. Twisted. Explain on your post saying Jalen Kilgore is going to beat out freshman All-American safety Nick in the Warrior because Nick E is complacent. I didn't say that. I said if he is complacent and does not take a jump and get better, Jalen Kilgore is good enough to beat him out. That's what I said. And that's true. I know Nick was great last year, but he's got work to do, just like everybody. And I, I was just simply making the point. I was praising Kilgore. Wasn't trying to take a big shot at Nick Ivanwari. Uh, some people, though, when a guy has a great first year around here, they want to make him an All-American. And he's it's a freshman All-American, uh, but the kid could be the, one of the best players in college football. He's got to keep working. Um, and I pointed that out just to point out that there is quality competition. That's what makes your program better. Too many times, as a fan base around here, everybody trashes the backup. Well, he is because of three stars by his neighbor, whatever. At this point, I'm I'm just pointing out Nick and Mawari has to go to work and and continue to work uh, because Kilgore is good. That's all I say, and that's a normal football conversation. I don't know why people are pissed off, about it. but but as far as what you said, Austin, that's not what I said. I was just pointing out the hypotheticals and saying, ah, you know, you guys shouldn't be crowning this guy yet. He's got work to do, or he will get beaten out. I promise you. Jalen Kilgore is one of a few freshmen that will play this year. That's actually something that's on the docket to discuss. We'll hit a timeout. It's hour one in the books. When we return, we've got plenty of football, including should more coaches be like Trent Dilfer? You'll find out if you don't know what we're talking about next. Right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. 
in-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with J.B., J.C., and Phil. Go Cox. (laughs) 
Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you here for the second hour by us from the Signorama Studios, <laughs> live. Yeah, and painted garnet black by a couple of painters. But uh, Tristan texted me yesterday. He was he's been they've been swamped, which is awesome because they Great. are all over Georgia and South Carolina. But he said that he was um, finally. I think it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. That he was uh, the Gamecock Room winner was getting his Gamecock Room yesterday. Oh, cool. When we gave that away. Yeah, a couple of months ago. He said he'd send some pictures. I haven't gotten them yet. But, oh, okay. Good. Uh, yeah. So if you, I know I've been, we've yeah, been patiently I'll, I'll waiting to, to get them here too. Also, on what planet did I say Nick Imanore is definitely complacent and July Kilgore is definitely going to beat him? Where, where did you see me write that? You're inferring. I don't – and you can have any kind of take you want. I love Nick Warren. I think he can be one of the best players in college football. He's got to work like everybody else, though. Okay? All right? And July Kilgore is is working. I think Nick is, too. I haven't heard otherwise. I'm just saying that, you know and, – and I want to also quash this right now. There is no scenario where the coaching staff's moving Nick. Uh, a lot of folks out there that have podcasts or whatever have speculated on my friends and they speculate that to me on the phone. Moving the linebacker. Moving the linebacker. He's not moving. Yeah, he's, he's not moving he's, the linebacker. The, 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 the staff has no designs on moving him or DQ either. So well, there you go. John Kilgore's going to play. Yeah, we can agree to disagree. They're not they're they're not moving Nick's position, and I, I'm just saying Jawan's good, and I'm also saying that Nick was not flawless last year, and he needs to develop. That's it. That's a normal football happening. I think too many times around here we anoint people too early. Uh, yeah. and and I love Nick Imanwari. I mean, believe me. I think he's a cr- critical part of the defense. He's a freak. He can be one of the best players in college football. I'm just saying he has to get there. Give him a chance. Uh, and praising Jelan Kilborn, saying he could beat him out. Well, he could because Jelan is a more polished player coming into to college. The instinctive stuff. Hell of a player. But uh, Jelan is a little more polished. I mean, you know, so that's it. I mean, I just uh, – that's it. Well, be- so it's just Best case scenario – uh, yeah, best best case scenario is that you get you know in halfway into fall camp, and those guys are uh, Coach Beamer see, and I'll, the staff talk about the competition that they're in. You know that's your best case scenario. That's that's that'll make everybody better. I've read what I typed. I said July. I said Nick needs to take a jump or he'll get beat out by Jalon Kilmore. That's the truth. And then I didn't say anything about him being complacent. I said, if in fact he is complacent and doesn't take a jump, yes, he will get beaten out. But in no, on no planet did I say that he's definitely getting beaten out, and it's because Nick is complacent. Didn't say that. Sorry. Come on, don't. I don't care if you disagree with me. <laughs> that, that just, I mean, that, that, that ruins any kind of chance of an intelligent discussion you're going to have. Because I, I, I that, that works. I can take criticism for something I say if it's not if you don't agree with it. I, I, I'm fine with people disagreeing, but but don't sit there and say I said something. I did. 
because that's BS. And then that's what happens. That's why we sat here for what an hour yesterday talking about Josiah Thompson um, uh, flipping Alabama because because you know somebody you know you know I mean come on man and I understand that mistake on the podcast where you know you just kind of listening but it's written down I never said that yeah so I'm just. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I don't know, and I'm sorry about my internet. Right yeah, yes, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> yes, it really has. He's, yeah. he's actually uh, he's actually uh, stealing his neighbors is what's happening. It's, <laughs> it's uh, he's having a tough time getting it through the, through the walls. Probably but, competing uh, with all the kids in the house and all that other stuff for bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> I know that's my issue uh, here. Yeah, I, I, possibly, I, I didn't say possibly either. I didn't use the word possibly. I said. He needs to take a leap or he will get beaten out. I said that, but that's all hypothetical. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand what's hard about this conversation. Football players have to get better, right, year to year. And when you recruit well, but who was behind Nick last year, B.J. Gibson? B.J. Gibson was never beating him out. Mm-hmm. He made quick work of R.J. Roderick. R.J. Roderick transferred, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got better players behind him this year. And that goes for everybody on the team. Yeah, well, there's, right. I mean, there's, there's a few guys that you would think are going to step right back in and and be fine, uh, both on both sides of the football. But once camp gets underway, I mean, they feel pretty good about about some of the talent that they're bringing in. I mean, Coach Beamer has not been shy about the fact that there is a handful of freshmen, probably at a minimum, right, guys, that. Um, that are going to not just play but contribute. I think Jalon Kilgore is one. Bakari Swain, Nick Harbour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marquis Anderson is a guy who clearly struggled in the spring game, but it was more the situation he was kind of thrown into. Yeah, and they're, they're a guy, I mean, JC, I mean, you know, you've heard the same thing I have from the guys up, up there that they feel like he's a guy who's going to really push somebody who feels pretty good about their spot right now, but you might get into the middle of August or early in the season and Marquis Anderson's ready to go. And, uh, and that's going to be a big key. Like they've, they've got to be good up front because they're going to have to have some time to probably bring that running back room along a little bit, at least try to figure out what their roles are going to be. So they're going to have to be tough up front. And, and he's a guy who's just going to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And you're going to get more of that next year when, Pringle and Thompson, all these guys come in, and and so you're you're at a spot like if you look around, um, we see it every year at the big at the big with the big teams, Georgia, Bama, LSU, Clemson. Obviously, has done it over the years. Florida has had plenty of this over the years. There's always a, a handful of freshmen that you look out there and you're like, man, that kid's a freshman. Like Alabama started how many freshmen in their secondary over the years? Tons of them. And sure. um, and so South Carolina is kind of creeping in a little bit there, you know, where they they feel much more comfortable about throwing young guys out there at different positions because sure. the competition is go- the growth is, of a program. Yeah, you got good talent. Exactly, it yeah. happens. And look, I you know, Gundam is would I if I wrote it too deep right now would Nick Evan Worry? But certainly he would. And, and here was my quote. My point was about Nick Evan Worry getting complacent with anything else. Yes, you cannot get complacent. He cannot. 
sometimes players do. They're fresh with All-American. They come back, boom. They don't get that much better. Uh, read between the lines. Yes, read between the lines. This guy's got to get better. Uh, Kilgore was excellent in the spring for a freshman. Yes, he was. And we'll push your play time. That's about it. And Cam makes a good point. If Juice doesn't perform, Eddie Lewis is up next or whoever else. Yeah. So anyway, let's just put that to bed because that's just uh, – there's no need to, to sit there and think I'm trashing Eddie Lewis. the war right Eddie Lewis is going to play. Eddie Lewis is going to play. Um, yeah, I'm not saying so he's going to play over true. Juice, but that kid's coming into play, and he will. Um, he's going to be. He's going to be a pretty good. Matter of fact, there's a. I mentioned some of them, guys. Like think about Pup Howard for a second. You know, Pup Howard is going to play. Um, Xavier McLeod is going to play. Desmond Umiazulu is going to play. Um, I, I tell you what. In in '76, mentioned Nick Harbor. No doubt, kids can play. I think Elijah Caldwell, based on what I've heard, is a guy who is probably going to get a chance. Got a shot. Yeah, he's going to have a chance early to to play and kind of prove himself. I, I'm not sure what that would look like week one with North Carolina or anything like that, but you do have Furman coming up in week two, and obviously um, you got Georgia next. But um, but he's a kid who I think I told you all, you know, that I know his coach very, very well, uh, grew up with him, and is his high school coach. And um, he's a kid who – He's just going to – once it clicks, he, he's got it, right? Like, he's not really a a grooming type – athletically, he's a kid you can put on the field and he's going to be fine. But offensively, it's just going to have to click. And it's either going to click or it's not going to click. But when it does, he's going to be hard to keep off the field. So that'll be exciting to see. I mean, there's, there's probably, I would say, seven or eight freshman that will contribute i think in a major way this year that's and that's really a lot if you think about it yeah i mean well that's the advantage of you recruiting yeah, yeah better talent <laughs> yeah <laughs> Is that they're gonna push and compete for spots on the field day one yeah oh yeah i i think that um, what we want isn't that you know it's like you yeah. that statement about the complacency of nick even war it could be applied to any Sophomore, I thought it was a very general freshman. statement. Yeah, I mean, you could apply very that to anybody on the team who football one hundred and one statement. I mean, I'm has sorry, a talented man. player behind them, but yeah, I don't know why yeah. it blew up into. I wasn't such a trying thing. to to stir the pot there at all. And, and just no like this, fan, is, I, I do have teeth, in, By the way, I am not. <laughs> I am not attacking the real podcast, and I don't appreciate Evan you coming in here. And I understand I've been on with you, and I think the world of you. I think you're a good person. We've talked many times. But just like your unfounded attacks on the baseball team mid-game this year, you're way out of line. I'm not yeah. – uh, I on Twitter, by the way, I'm not attacking any other podcast. We had some misinformation yesterday. I said nothing bad about it. I said be careful who you listen to. Because when somebody comes in here with something as dumb as, you know, that they heard as Josiah Thompson's flipping to Bama – you know, you sort of wonder, and there is a lot of bad information out there. But but don't again. I don't know why everybody's ganging up on me today. Don't sit there and say I've been attacking other podcasts. I mean, if anything, a lot of you attack some of the podcasts that I go on, and some of the guests that we have on here, unfoundedly, sometimes foundedly, but unfoundedly. I play nice with everybody. So come on, Evan, be, you be better than that. Don't come at me with that, man. Uh, especially after the baseball season, you know. Anyway, uh, Ryan's question uh, about um, about Pup. Do you think Pup would be moved to defensive end? No, 
No, I don't. Uh, I mean, I think that there's a scenario where, you know, you're going to see him playing in space and they will stand a lot of these guys up and you'll see that a lot. Kind of a, what would you call it, JC? Kind of a, kind of a three, four ish type, type defensive, you know, where you've got four linebackers out there, but it's more of a hybrid type spot. Um, We've heard a lot of that discussed behind the scenes. They're going to figure out what's best and then they'll do it. But Pup Howard is a guy. They're not going to move him to defensive end, but he could play in a role outside like that if if needed. That um, where he can kind of cover in space, go get the quarterback, and kind of use his his athleticism. It's a good question. I know that stuff's floated around because of his size, but Pup Howard was brought to South Carolina to be a to be a big time, almost like a Bama type linebacker, right? When you look at Alabama, you see it six six two six three two forty two fifty. They run like the wind. They cover a lot of space. You wonder how's a guy that big out there doing what he's doing? Yeah, that's what they want to see Pup Power do at South Carolina, and and I think that's what you you can probably uh, continue yeah. to give, give this clown cock fan money free out of here, Phil. Uh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I have nothing to do with any kind of beamer ball, anything. Uh, you know, you're you're in here stirring the pot. So get his clown butt out. Mm-hmm. He's out. Who else wants to be out today? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? I thought I had denture. Uh, this is BS, you know. I mean, it's just it's it's crap. I'm not getting into like okay. We have a large show. We have a good show. We have a popular show. I'm not in competition with anybody else out there. Neither is anybody else that's on this show. All right. We're not the ones that brought it up. We're not the ones that said it. We're not the ones that had Josiah Thompson flipping on their show, right or wrong, joking or not. You know, and, and people ask us to address it. And so I'm going to address it. And I'm also going to say, be careful who you listen to. You know, and then there's misinformation out there and all that. And as far as the Nick and the morning thing, of course I'm going to get defensive when somebody's accusing me of taking a shot at a player. Because that's basically what you accuse me of. And that's not. You just didn't understand what I was saying. Maybe I didn't explain it right. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, look, I, 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 you know, there's going to be no – Podcast wars here. You guys can do that. You know, the little guys that sit there and chirp on Twitter all day can can handle that one. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm above that. But I'll be damned if you're gonna come into my house and take a crap. You know, and me not say anything. I just don't yeah. roll that way. So anyway, <laughs> totally agree. Good stuff. And I'm with Joel. If there is uh, not. <laughs> If there's somebody no. out there willing to give us the money, we'll take it, Joel. Yeah. So you 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 let us know. There's no doubt. We tend not to just. I'm just saying, you know, it's um, uh, yeah. Also, no, I wouldn't kick you out for that. That's an honest disagreement. I was just trying to kind of explain myself. Yeah. Not not going to do that, but um, it's um. Well, I think yeah. I think one of the things too, and, we, and it is time for a time for a timeout. But I think one of the things too that we have discovered it in. JC, you've been in the internet business for uh, for a long, long time. I was used to just be a radio guy before Darren and I started our stuff. But um, print, it, when things are read and they're not heard in context or they're not explained well in context and you have a lot of people with access to everything, uh things can get misconstrued really quickly. And just like what happened yesterday, you know, we had somebody who popped in and 
tried three, to tell yeah. us what you know I, I i didn't even i didn't even know i never even heard of the people that were saying the things that they were saying and and i went and actually listened to that and i could absolutely understand why it was misconstrued the way that it was and sure. and misunderstood the way that it was and um but i also could hear the you know the joking in the in the tone so it's one of those things where you know it's just unfortunate. You know, I'm not fighting anybody. I mean, for for it's kind of shocking that Evan would come in and do that. So I'm, I'm kind of just shocked. But and you know, and like I said, I, I like Evan a lot. But for him to do that, you know, on top of the baseball season he had, we all talked about that, and discussed it, and giving you the benefit of the doubt, and not said anything about it. Yeah, uh, but you know, who's the one going? You know, who's the one sort of taking unnecessary shots and going crazy at players and coaches? Uh, you know, when all I was doing was saying there was misinformation on the podcast that people misunderstood. I was not attacking anybody, you know. Yeah, uh, and for sure. I'm not, you know, and you, you go and you look at, at the, the podcast casting questions Twitter. They're very proud of themselves, and they should be, you know, and they love to chirp. Uh, and little dogs do that. They love to yip, 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 yip. Uh, and, uh, they don't want the big dog to bite. Big dog's not going to bite. Uh, but that eventually somebody will. And that's when the next get snapped and you, you're rendered into irrelevancy. And that's just uh, a little advice for somebody who's been in this business a long time. So um, you can hate all you want and rock and roll. Uh, Bruin said that's not Evan. Well, it's Tito's and chicken. Uh, that, that's Evan to oh, me. Well. Uh, and, 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 well, who knows? If, yeah. if it's yeah, not, I'll apologize. I stand by what I said about his tweets. You know, they were uncalled for, and I noticed that many times. But, hey, we've all done that before. We've all tweeted stuff that's not good. So, anyway, uh, yeah. that's uh, that's all i got to say about that. And, uh, Craig, don't be – Craiger, this is not your fault. We know that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. We're not I mean, blaming you. Know. you. Yeah. We're not blaming you. So it's yeah, just it's all of, good. All one good. of those things, so. Well, uh, T- TCWM needs to be banned too. He's some kind of anybody that we don't recognize is going to be out of here. So, we are see. teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. If you want to play golf or you want to swing a golf club and picture anybody's head on that tee, travelingcountryclub.com. You can do that in the mountains. You could do it at the sea. You could do it in the Midlands or in Santee. I didn't even know that was going to come out like that. That was perfect. Travelingcountryclub.com. Michael Manis, former golfer at South Carolina, is one of the great owners of this company. I adore being a member of this cool club. 45 courses to play between both Carolinas. Travelingcountryclub.com. That picture in the background there is in Waynesville, North Carolina, and it is just an outstanding course. Waynesville Country Club. Waynesville. Waynesville Hotel and Club, I think is what it is. Make sure you check them out. Travelingcountryclub.com, less than a month away, by the way, from the plunder on Polly's. 12000 bucks is going to the winners of that tournament. Twelve grand. So if you can play golf and you got a friend that can play golf, might want to check it out. Travelingcountryclub.com. We'll hit a quick timeout, and we'll be right back on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. 
and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to another rousing edition of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Block hammer and timeouts will fly. (laughs) Well, I tell you, coming at JC, but I'm the one. (laughs) I get to pull the strings. You got a problem? Come at Phil. Just just (laughs) use your real name on Twitter and quit being a little. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Just check your text messages. We'll, we'll, we got, we'll, yeah, we'll get to the bottom of it, it a little bit later on. But it's, um, it's our, our spe- friend from yesterday. We'll Speaking of uh, folks who are unhappy, Trent Dilfer is one. I'm not sure if y'all saw this, but just a few days ago on the Rick and Bubba show, and I think that this is something that is going to be refreshing for college football, to be honest with you. I've always liked Trent Dilfer. Um, liked him as a player. I've enjoyed him on TV. He was asked about b- basically tampering. And, of course, f- for anybody that maybe has forgotten this, Trent Dilfer is the new head football coach at UAB. And I think I think he's going to be okay there, I, I, I think. Um, Bill Clark did a fantastic job. He, he survived the downfall of that program. He stuck it out. Uh, but now Trent Dilfer has taken over. But here's what he had to say, and it's interesting. Quote, by the way, come try to get my guys. I dare you, Power Fives. I've got a pretty 
big platform that I can step on. And if I find you in my kids' DMs, and if I find you talking to high school coaches about my kids, if you're in my roster, I'm going to call your blank out. I'm going to say it by name to the biggest voices in television today. And it's going to make game day, and it's going to make Sports Center. By the way, those guys running Sports Center are still my friends. So go ahead. I dare you to jump into my roster. I told the American coaches the same thing, the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. I said, why don't you guys have the you-know-whats to stand up and say, get out of my roster? I said, here's why. Because you want their job. I want this job. I don't want no power five job. I want this job. I want to live in Birmingham. I want to live downtown. I want to go see my grandson in Nashville. I don't want that other job. So I don't care if you blackball me. I want this job. I want the city of Birmingham to say, no, that's our city. That's our coach. So go ahead. I'm not scared of whoever. The grand pooba of poobas to blackball me. Get out of my roster. These are my guys. I love these guys. Stay the hell out of it. It's a long quote, but I mean, I think that there's something to this. There's a lot of people that have wondered why some coaches don't, unless they're guilty themselves, of course, or somebody on their staff is, just stand up and say, well, it was Josh Heupel. It was Josh Heupel. Guys, Josh Heupel recruited my kid. By the way, I'm not saying that Josh Heupel did anything wrong. This is uh, totally hypothetical. But we know that it happens, and it's rarely the head coach. It's the assistants or the recruiting guys. Uh, JC, I'm sure we could have Taylor on, and he'd be able to expand on this much more. But you're going to have to have, at some point in time, a coach, and a coach who carries some weight, who's going to get some TV time, to be able to step up and say, this guy, this guy, and this guy right here, they're the ones that screwed up, and here's what happened, and call them out. Will it work? You really want to live people who live in glass him. houses should not throw stuff. <laughs> that's, that's the one well, sentence that stuck out in my head. It's like, I yeah. want to be, uh, I want to live I, in Birmingham. I, I, I get I it. I don't think yeah. you can do anything about the tampering because it's not illegal to have a conversation with a high school coach or whatever. Um, you know, so uh, TCWM needs to be banned again, by the way, Phil. But uh, I mean, if, if you but that's what you yeah. have to have, though. Like it's because there's no structure that polices this. I mean, well, Trent Dilfer's not the one that's going to get it done. I mean, he's and I like Trent. Okay, I watched him coach the Elite Eleven year after year after year. I didn't think he was particularly great at knowing. You know, I think he's he's good at teaching the position and stuff. But um, I mean, I you know, and Trent's always kind of been outspoken. Uh, so I get it, but I, I don't think anybody at ESPN and Sports Center and Game Day are going to be willing to sit there and go, "Oh, guess what? Trent Dilfer called Alabama out about uh, tampering." So, you know, uh, name an Alabama assistant. Well, well Joe Cox. You know, we'll, we'll name a former Gamecock there. So well, Joe Cox is tampering, and nobody's going to do that. That's the I mean, point. It's, it, it's going to take the, the Goliath because yeah, that's I mean, the I story just, for TV. But see, I think the Goliaths are the ones that do it. Well, of course they are. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's going to take taking down a Goliath, and it won't be a Nick Saban because they're going to protect him, and you know that they are. Saban is game day's guy. That's who game day wants to be on their set when Lee Corso's gone, yeah. regardless of whether they say it or not. So they're not going to do that. 
But, I mean, if it's somebody else out there that's going to get some TV time and they can find their way to wash their hands, but they can play the clip, like, that's where it's going to – that's where you're going to get TV time. But, I mean, there, there's there's nothing – like, think about this for a second. It's happened at South Carolina. We know it's happened. Can't prove it. Well, we know it happened, but you can't prove it. I know, so, like, at least one of them. How it happened. I mean, you know, and it's not hard to figure out if you kind of look at other situations and have a grasp of geography and where people are from and who knows who. Um, or, yeah, or it's going to be somebody who doesn't care anymore. I've made $100 million. I don't care if I go down with the ship. I'm getting out anyways. Okay? This guy so, recruited my guy off of my roster. So what? Throw stones at me. Don't care. I'm out. That's going to open Pandora's box, and that's going to get a school that's trying to ascend in trouble because they're not going to pop anybody that's already at the mountaintop. Uh, and it'll be somebody that some, some some Trent Dilfer of the world thinks he can pick on. And uh, yeah, but that won't get that'll happen. But that won't get and you know it won't. Yeah, and then and he'll 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 do that, and then so some middling Power Five school will get completely popped. And uh, they'll make an example out of them, and everybody kind of, you know, oh, we shouldn't. And it'll it, just go right back to doing what they've been doing. I mean, look, do I think tampering is good? No. Do do I think, though, that if you're going to allow uh, – if you're going to not regulate NIL and you're not going to regulate, you know, conversations and, and collectives and, and the transfer portal – uh, and you're not going to put stipulations on that, and you're going to have the Wild West, that is going to happen. Yeah. Um, you, you can't police it. I mean, you can't sit there and say, we're going to have a wide-open transfer portal. We're going to have an uneven NIL situation where guys are guys in Los Angeles are making X dollars uh, because they should because it's Los Angeles uh, out at Southern Cal, and we're just going to let players go wherever they want to go. Uh, but, oh, my God, if you talk to one of the players, if you're up in his DMs, or, I mean, like, Dilford, talking to the high school coach, that's technically not even a violation because you have established relationships with high school coaches, right? And You're, I, talking, and about my, the, you're talking about the high school coaches of the players on his on the yeah, roster? Yeah, oh, yeah like, like, let's, say, let's say UAB no had a player. Man. Yeah, let's say UAB had a player from Alabaster Thompson High School, right, in Alabama. Yeah, and you know Nick Saban or whoever Robert Gillette, whoever Major Bama assistant calls up and is like, "Hey, well, you know, how's old Johnny doing?" Well, you know, Johnny's a good player. We've been watching this film. We're really proud of him and what he's done at UAB. Uh, you know, if the situation ever changes at UAB and then maybe not be happy there, you know, we if he got in the portal, we'd be willing to take a good look at him. That mm-hmm. is perfectly legal. Now it's it's sinister. <laughs> it, it goes right up to the line, but it's legal. So for him to sit there and say that, I mean, oh, the all great and mighty and powerful Trent Dilfer is going to come down on conversations with high school kids. I, I just think he was just going off a little bit. Um, and, and I agree. As a if I were a coach, it would make me furious. And I agree, it needs to be regulated. But until they regulate the other stuff, guys, it's just awfully hard because. You can just cover your tracks so well. Well, and and but I'm with you. I mean, I you know what he was doing here. We all know what he was doing here. He's in a he is in one of the and I mean they all technically are, but 
But the UABs of the world, the Central Floridas of the world, even though they want to claim a national championship, that's fine. The Memphises of the world, the Boise States, whatever it is, like they they all have players that when they go and they're there for a couple of years and then they decided to hit the transfer portal, they're guys who at that point in time can move on and be major um, contributors at the Power 5 level. And so he's trying to put up some type of guardrails. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's in the state of Alabama, which is the most crooked football state in the history of the, in the, history of the country. Uh, and I'm not saying that that specifically is Nick Saban or that it is specifically Hugh Freeze or anything like that. You can probably make an argument there. But, but it's the people that is associated with those programs, right? Like the, the Yellowwood guy at, at Auburn. I mean, come on, you guys in every conversation that Auburn has about football. Bama's got a million of these guys out there. You know, the, the $100 handshake never left. It's like a $1,000 handshake. That's my, at least, POV on that. So, I mean, so he's in the state of Alabama, and he's trying to put up guardrails. Now, to your point also, I'm sure Auburn and Alabama are laughing. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. Go for it, pal. Go, try to take down the big dogs because you're not going to do it. But there is – but there is – I, I do respect it, and I do think, and I don't know if it will, like you and I are ta- almost talking apples and oranges. You're saying it ain't going to happen. You're dealing in the reality because it's never happened. We all know what, why it won't happen. I'm dealing with the almost the hypothetical and arguing that it should happen. Like if you want to start policing this stuff, you need to publicize the people that are doing it and and start – you know, if you can prove it, handing down some type of penalty to those that are doing this. Now, they can't do that, and they're not going to do it. Um, the NCAA is trying to wash their hands with as much as they possibly can. But it is interesting, and I'd be interested to see if there's anybody else that falls in his footsteps. He might be standing in a in the sandbox all by himself for a while. But if he does catch wind of somebody doing it, and he does call them out, what will that look like? I don't know. The NCAA just released a whole lot of NIL guidelines. Yeah. They're trying to say that they, that they must follow their rules, even if uh, the state law says otherwise. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. I just uh, – mm, yeah, that's – I think the NCAA is on the track to, to be – uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's going to end up uh, hurting us, uh, hurting the sport because you're going to, you are going to end up with two super conferences at that point. Oh, it's, um, I don't see any way around you know, that. I really, yeah, don't. I, I was hoping they'd maybe Pac 12 would find a way for we at least have five, six more years of it, but, um, you know, yeah, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I, I I, they, oh, these guidelines are a joke. Maybe we should take a break and I'll, I'll come back and go through with you. Yeah, it's just hilarious, good. really, because it's you guys know Texas passed the law the other day, and Oklahoma and Missouri too. They were like, "Sure, you can make it part of the the Longhorn Club and the Booster Club and get boosters points toward you know seating and stuff for NIL gifts." Uh, and and yeah, that's a no no. Um, and, and so they were like, well, it doesn't matter what the state is. But see, those state laws also say our schools can't get in trouble for breaking NCAA rules. So this is what happens when you do this, when you leave it to all these fiefdoms. So anyway, I'd like to discuss it when we get back. So. 
We'll do it. It's 1241. We are, of course, always live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Sinorama.com. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show returns in a moment. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229-LONMLS-LONMLS. One seven seven two one eight two. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream homes starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Monty dropped to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Go two is sent to center. And this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Cassis, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. You gotta wait till February to see that again. I know that's what's so just uh, disappointing, but that's all right. You know what? Basketball season will start up here. <laughs> well, fo- football season's first, Phil. I'm not sure if we need to remind you of the timeline or not, but uh, August 26th is when college football will finally kick off. All right, so JC, there are some new. You you mentioned the NIL. There are also new NLI. Um guidelines that are out as well so 
want to make sure that people understand there's a difference in NIL and NLI, National Letter of Intent versus Name, Image, and Likeness. Uh, your mic is muted, just so you know. But um, um, we won't get into the NLI stuff uh, today for the sake of time and conversation. But from an NIL standpoint, we're, we're right back really where we – I'll let you elaborate on it. We're really right back where we were last summer and then we're where we were the summer before that when you have this downtime and all of a sudden people have a bunch of time to start figuring it all out and they start rolling out all these state-by-state rules, regulations, and so on and so forth, and there's still nothing cohesive, and the NCAA still doesn't know what they're doing, and everybody gets to freak out for 60 days because college football isn't back, and they're going to wonder how big of a how big of an advantage Texas is getting versus Alabama or Alabama's getting versus Sacramento or whatever the case is. So uh, you were about to talk about that before we went to break, though. Roll, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so for, for National Letter of Intent, it's basically you, you – because it used to be you had to get released from the clearinghouse or whatever if you had a coaching change, uh, you're released immediately, um, which I think is a great rule because Tennessee a few years ago went through went through the whole recruiting thing with Jeremy Pruitt and then fired him. <laughs> and all those guys were kind of stuck, you know. I mean, I guess you had the – I guess you did have the portal at the time to use up your one transfer and all that. But uh, this keeps schools from, like, you know, coaches going through recruiting, and then like like when Bob Stoops retired midsummer from Oklahoma, that that gives all those Oklahoma kids a chance to go someplace else, uh, which I think is fair, and that's the most significant change with, with national letter NLI, national letter of intent, which has been around for a long time. NIL, so they published additional guidance, and, and here, here's one of the funniest things. In other words, if a state law permits certain institutional action. And NCAA legislation prohibits the same action. Institutions must follow NCAA legislation. Uh, what are the chances that's going to happen? Mm. Mm. You're talking about uh, the rules of a private organization versus state law. I mean, yeah, you know, you're going to get sued. It's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court again. The Supreme Court's already let you know how much it loves you. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you know, nine. I mean, you know, and, and I, I think the Supreme Court gets a bad rap a lot. And I think, for the most part, the liberal and conservative courts over the years have done a pretty good job, yeah, um, in, in just interpreting the law and the Constitution. Rarely do you get nine nothing, <laughs> and all and, and guns are blazing from all sides. Um, and so they said that. So, so question one. Is it, it is clear that institutions may not compensate student athlete for use of NIL. Is it permissible for an entity closely associated with an institution to compensate student athletes for use of their NIL? No. Institutions may not use NIL transactions to compensate student athletes for athletics participation mm-hmm. or achievement or as an improper inducement. So, in other words, they have to do something for you NIL-wise. You right. know what I'm saying? Which is what we do, as, as you can see from all the commercials we have here and, and elsewhere. Um, and I'm talking about Carolina Rise. Uh, right. Blah, 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 prohibition, you know, and then uh, institutions are accountable for boosters and all that. So, in other words, like, the collectives can't be engaged in pay for play. And uh, you can't you know, if you make an NIL deal with a player and he leaves, you can't take that money. 
I mean, I guess you could, but you can't have it. Are boosters or a collection of boosters permitted to have contact with recruitable student athletes and discuss potential NIL opportunities should the individual decide to attend a particular school? No, you're not permitted to engage in recruiting activities, including recruiting conversations. When a booster's interaction with a uh, student athlete viola- includes encouraging student athlete to attend an institution, NCA rules have been violated. So this is where Park Avenue is good for South Carolina because they're not a booster collective. They are a private entity that uh, can kind of explain what they do. And it's mm-hmm. not induced. It's just like, hey, here's what we've done. This, this, Our agent here is assigned to South Carolina. This is what we do here. We, we can do it for other schools too, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so that's where that's good for South Carolina. For those of you wondering about Park Avenue, and I'll probably have more to say about that here in the coming weeks. But no, like, I'll be honest. I haven't spoken to a recruit outside of Mason Love being on the show the other day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in this setting, I haven't spoken to recruits since 2015. Uh, operated Carolinas. I just don't do it. You know, that that's that, that's what it gets. You know, and, and what, what, what the university does need is to be able to say, well, we have a very robust NIL offering if you come to our institution. You know, right. And, and here's here's the money that our guys have made through the years, blah, blah, blah. That's, what, that's how everybody does. Um, is it permissible for an institution to provide special benefit boosters donating funds to collect it? Okay, so here's where, like, everybody that wants to take shots at Ray and Chance and those guys and the Gamecock Club, why aren't they doing this, why aren't they doing that? Because they can't turn around and give you points for the Gamecock Club because of it. Now, this is something that Texas legalized and Missouri legalized. So this is where the conflict in state law versus NCAA rules is going to come into play because they, they were tied into their booster club, which I think is smart, to be honest. And I think you should be able to do that, but the NCAA says no. So that's why – that's why, and that's also why Park Avenue had to, to, to be broken away from officially the university. Um you can't you can't say that you have to come here for an NIL you know NIL bill to get your NIL bill. Now this is interesting. Student athletes may not be compensated for participating in a competition, which is an athletic competition, and may not be compensated for promoting such competition. Is it permissible for an event sponsor or another institution to pay a collective, which in turn compensates student athletes? No. Um, and, and this is where I think this sucks because. You want an answer to all these kids out and out of bowl game? The bowls, all these bowls are is like sponsorship driven marketing events. Let the bowls pay the players to play. Right. But that's against the rules. You know, you can't, you can't do that. And the university can't, uh, you know, compensate juice wells with, um, you know, the university can't pay juice wells to go out and say, Hey, come to our game this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's what that rule is. And then they go back and talk about the, uh, in question number six, the state law, uh, it has to be the membership. So to me, I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't affect what I do. Um, that's kind of it. Uh, so that's, uh, that, that's kind of my deal. I, I just don't understand. Like if you're, if you're a bowl game, think about this for a second. Like, why can't you – why can't state law – I mean, these bowl games are all – like, if you're Florida, why can't you 
I mean, they're making state laws over everything else. <laughs> I mean, how can you have a well, state? How can you have a state law? Seriously, like Florida's got a new law. No, I'm talking about I'm, uh, before I get. There, I'm talking about Texas. The, what was yeah. is it the Longhorn Club or wh- whatever it is? Yeah, Longhorn. Um, I think okay. But, but how can you have a state law about that? That's I, I don't understand. That's overreach to me. Like you're you're creating a state law that says when you contribute to NIL, that's has to be tied into your your club booster course? club. No, no, they didn't say it has to be. They said it's legal. They, they, so it's legal to do that. that. It's legal oh, okay. to do it. Okay, and, I missed that. And, and, I missed and that. in the statute, it said, and in our, and, you know, and this law uh, is to be followed above NCAA policy. In other words, in our 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 state institutions, the NCAA per state law is not allowed to enforce these rules against our schools. So, so you see yeah. what I'm saying? I mean. What that opens you up for? Okay, they, so say they do it. The NCA comes and says, "Oh no, we're going to put you on probation." Oh hell, no, you're not. The attorney general is going to get involved, and they're going to follow, bind together with five or six other states and file a class action lawsuit. It's going to be fast tracked to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is going to shoot the NCA now again. Yeah, uh, that's why. Like, there's like this, yeah, they can't this type do of stuff here is why the NCAA that they're still like holding on to this amateurism thing. Uh, and and, and it's to protect your TV dollars or whatever else. But look, man, I think the conferences are starting. The conferences themselves are starting to realize the TV money in football is getting sick and out of control. And so, you know, that really is nil because what are you doing? You have an entertainment product on television, and you are using these players' name, image, likeness, and physical performance to sell that product. So that is the essence of nil, is it not? You know, and yeah. I'll tell you, you got to go. So, 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 if you look at it outside the scope of college football and amateurism and all that, and you look at it just from a business standpoint, you're like, well, how is this NIL? This is, you know, that kind of thing. And, and they're just trying to hold on to it. And had they put these rules in place, guys, before the O'Bannon lawsuit and not fought it and said, yeah, you're right, you know, we need to give it, we need to let these guys make money, you know, Whatever they've got to do, you know, have a camp, sign autographs for their jerseys, you know, whatever the, those those true nil in their truest form uh, type of things, you know, if they had just said, okay, let's do that, but then nothing else, we're going to regulate it. Everybody would have been fine. You, you still had that group that wants to unionize and thinks they should get fifty percent of revenue, which is forced manure, and they don't get it and understand. I think the courts would be more open. And Congress would be more open to say, okay, yeah, you take care of these guys pretty good. They're kind of like Olympic athletes where, you know, the Olympics tried to shut all this down too and ended up backing off, right? You know, they're kind of like Olympic athletes. They need to be treated the same way. Yes, there's certain rules that we got to follow to make you in that narrow cove of amateurism, but you can make bank, you know? But they didn't do that. They fought it tooth and nail. And then, and then they fought the, the stupid academic, which was insane. That, that academic, the Austin money or whatever that Carolina pays out, that is that is money for academic expenses when you have a certain grade point average. So it's almost like compensation for being a good student. And the NCAA was trying to limit that. And that, that was the first Supreme Court thing that got now nothing, and they got one. 
so, so doing stuff like this does not help anything. Um, as far as Carolina goes, uh, these rules actually, if they're enforced elsewhere, the other schools have to follow them, which I doubt they will. This helps Carolina because Carolina's not set up that way. Carolina's set up with legitimate collectives and then Park Avenue. Like I said, we'll, we'll talk more about that probably this summer. But um, it, 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 as far as this, the, this, these state laws and stuff go, you know, saying that you still have the following, that's just going to bring conflict. And I think the NCAA should be smart enough to know they don't have a chance, snowball's chance in Hades of winning anything. And, and eventually, you know, what do you think the SEC and Big Ten are going to eventually tell them? Get lost. We're going and forming our own deal. Because you're not going to sit here and put our schools on probation uh, and try to circumvent state law and all this other stuff because we have a product and we're making too much money. And, you know, so I, I think that's – I think this kind of move is kind of like the beginning of the end of the NCAA, and it's their own fault because they, they, they weren't proactive. They're still trying to fight. They're counting on a Hail Mary from Congress, and, you know, that's just not just not going to happen. I mean, the, the United States Congress has better, bigger fish to fry, frankly, uh, and second, they can't agree on anything anyway. No, so – you know, it's just uh, it's just terrible. I mean, you know, and th- this is very disheartening. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have make a bad day get worse and tell you that it's disheartening for me and what I do. But I've sort of been aligned with all this, and so is Garnet Trust, and so is Park Avenue the whole time. So Carolina's going to be fine. We just need more money, you know, obviously. So that's uh, Carolina will be fine because they are following those rules, and most of the other schools are too. It's just in these states like Texas and Missouri, you know, they're going to test the water. And you bet your sweet Mahunkus the schools in Texas are because they don't they, they don't really have a lot of respect, and love, and admiration for the NCAA as a governing body. Anyway, if you look back through the history of the Southwest Conference and things like that. <laughs> Well, before we get out of here, make sure we pass along congratulations to both Asia Wilson and Aaliyah Boston for being named starters in the WNBA All-Star Game. Aaliyah Boston just made her debut like three weeks ago, so she's all of a sudden a starter. Just joined the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, though, because, I mean, you're right, JC. It's a, The NIL conversation is – you can have a you can have a thousand conversations about NIL and have them all a different way because there is no structure there there is no leadership there is no there's nothing there's nothing you have 50 states and and these so you, you, there there's nobody knows what's going on and i get asked these questions a lot like so you mean to tell I me mean, when i was playing golf last week even smoke smoke was like wait a second I'm not following here. <laughs> like, you mean to tell me that if this was around when I was in college, someone could have just come up to me and said, I'll give you $25,000 to cut one of those stupid commercials you put on your show? I said, yeah. He was like, damn. Well, if I could speak well back then, I would have done it. So yeah, that's big way, we may have had to find him like a uh, something that made sense, like a, uh, like a hardware store or something, you know. He he had a he had to go through a lot of media training when he got into pro ball. He he was it was it was tough sled for a while. He yeah, 
But uh, some he, talent he, is just still raw. But yeah. now he bang, he bangs it three ten off the tee, and I'll have to. I haven't saw, I haven't talked about it this week. Maybe tomorrow I'll explain to you the shot that he sunk for eagle the other day. I've never seen a golf shot like that in person. I was telling Pat DeMarco this morning on the phone. I said, you won't believe this. If I had video of it, I would have sent it to Sports Center, and it would have been number one over any golf shot in the country that week. Best shot I've ever seen. Guys, unbelievable. Unbelievable. So there you go, Justin. There's your tip of the cap for the week. Thanks to Hale McGranahan and Owen, his doppelganger, for joining us in hour number one. Uh, if you missed that, pretty good update on uh, the prospects that were on campus this past weekend. By the way, Perry Orth going to join us this week on Thursday. Looking forward to getting Perry in. Yeah, Perry. My man. Good dude. Good dude. Greg, we'll answer what Park Avenue is tomorrow. We'll leave you hanging. How about that? For Phil and JC, you all have a terrific Tuesday afternoon. It's hot out there, but it's dry. So get out and have fun. See you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco.